I feel like he's just some like preppy white kid that just thinks he's the fucking shit and can do whatever he wants. And his family is the same way, you know? They're, he's just a rich kid that thinks he's the fucking man and can, you know, forge his own destiny in whichever way he sees fit. Well, That's he's how fitting, I feel about him. He'll fit in well in Southern California. Another edition of the Time My Skates podcast. We got a pretty big episode for you boys and girls today. We are talking about the most hated man in Philadelphia, Cutter fucking Gautier, and the nonsense that ensued in this past week. There's a lot to get through, so I say we jump right in. About a week ago now, as you guys are listening, the Flyers traded away their fifth overall pick in Cutter Gautier. In return, received right-handed defenseman Jamie Drysdale and a 2025 second-round pick, which will probably end up being towards the upper half of the second round. So, boys, to start, what are our initial thoughts on the bitch, Cutter Gautier? That (laughs) piece of fucking shit. It It just fucking sucks, dude. It sucks so bad. We're all so excited about this kid. Just came out of the World Juniors, tied for fucking most points in the tournament with 12, albeit it was two goals and 10 assists. But we've just been waiting for a sniper to just, and a goal scorer on the power play and just a fucking weapon that can just score from anywhere at any time. Exciting player. And it just didn't happen. Like we had him. And now we he's never gone. had him. We never had, we had him. <laughs> we never had him. <laughs> we had him. We but the we reality of it. And now he's gone. The rea- but, but just like because this kind of it's happened a few times in hockey, but it is like a rare occurrence. Usually, people like draftees just sign, right? Yeah, sign usually players have them. fucking character and respect for the teams that draft them. I mean, the last didn't. the last three that I can think of off the top of my head, and there might be more, was you know obviously Kevin Hayes, um, Jimmy Vesey. Adam Fox, Adam Fox and Drake. to two teams. <laughs> yeah, and then Drake Kajula, I think. Those were the last four that did it off the top. Because I remember the Flyers weren't on Kajula back in when we Wait, threw what, bracelets at Ed Snyder. But what was, this, Go what, for was it. Ad, what was the Adam Fox thing? Where, when did he – who did he He was draft drafted by Calgary. He told them that uh-huh. he wasn't going to sign with them, that he would stay in college. Then they traded him to Carolina. He told Carolina, I'm not going to sign with you. I'm going to stay in college. And then – I think he they, he just walked it went to did he play four years or did Carolina trade him to New York? I think he only said I'll only play for the Rangers, and they either traded him before he, he went to college for four years and then just signed with New York because he's. Oh, uh, I, I didn't even realize that that happened with him. That's crazy. Yeah, but that's Calgary. That's like you know Winnipeg, Arizona. Like those are teams yeah, not that fucking like, Philadelphia. San Jose. <laughs> I know. This never. I don't know if this ever happened to us before. Because I, I said the Which same. Which makes it clear thing. that it like it's not like. I don't know if it's like this the actual city or the team. No, I said the same exact things. He like because I'm literally like I told like my friends are like from like Pittsburgh and Washington are like texting me like, oh what oh, happened? God. I'm like, I, dude, I don't know. We're not fucking Arizona. Like we're literally a big market. Like I don't know why he wouldn't want to play here. I'm so curious the reason. Obviously it's still up for speculation. We've been able to put like some pieces of the puzzle together, which we'll get into in a little bit, but like 
come on like i like the first thing i did when i saw that like i thought it was fake first of all when it was sent to Same. me because i wasn't on twitter Same. at the time second was i went back like and looked at all my tweets a week before and just <laughs> on, the, on the bridge of crying because they were all about cutter coats here <laughs> like being our savior the man with the shot like finally the, the score flyers the flyers finally have a goal score since gagne except since we didn't Carter. have him except we never fucking had him apparently and it's it's so absolutely crazy we haven't had how him. it happened it's been a year it's been a year a year and we'll get into the timeline Basically. i guess i'll we'll wait till dg to lead us in there but like Ah, oh, dude, like my Less first reaction but... was like, fuck, like, <laughs> of course this like, happens. I was like, holy shit. Happens. I knew something had to be up. I was like, there's no way they just traded him out of the blue. Especially, it, well, yeah, no, it, they, they, they only trade. The only thing was that he said he wouldn't sign with them. Like, that's the mm. only reason that, that would be for trading him. Like, everyone's high on this guy. I mean, of the course, one now, thing... now he's like regarded as a top prospect in the end. And like, everyone's just reporting him as like, the number one prospect in the NHL, basically. Well, dude, the one thing that kept resonating me was like on the broadcast of the World Junior Games. I don't know if you guys were listening to sound or not, but they kept saying he like that got a couple times like he remains unsigned with Philadelphia. I'm just like, and I thought about Jesus it. I'm like, Christ. it really has been a fucking long time. That is suspicious. But you know, it's just, ah, dude, like it's it's so nuts to kind of like go back and think about it. My first reaction too is like. And I, and obviously, like, we'll get into the other side of the trade, too, in a little. But, like, my first gut reaction was, oh, my God, JVR for Braden Shen or for Luke Shen. Like, because we because <laughs> Luke Shen was taken fifth overall by Toronto, yeah. a young defense, a young defenseman at the time. Right defenseman. We traded for him. And I'm just like, did we just do this again? And like, <laughs> history repeats itself. But as we've later found out, that is not the case. Yeah, Jamie Drysdale is not Luke Shen, thankfully. As serviceable as Luke Shen has been throughout his career, he's Luke Shen has never been like a bona fide second pair defenseman or first pair defenseman. So, but he yeah. made a good career. He made a good career. Yeah, uh, he's still out there. God, there's a this lot was, of things. This was a this trade was a Cutter Gote decision. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no yeah, chance yeah. the Flyers wanted to. The Flyers wanted to sign him. As far as the reports that we've seen have said, the Flyers were ready to sign Gauthier to a contract last May. He just didn't want to sign a contract with us, which so led to this past that. half a year plus of Danny Briere and Keith Jones trying to figure out a place to put him. And, that, and stuff that happened bef- before Danny B was made the official GM and before Keith Jones was hired. Can you guys agree that, like, no matter how this trade were to have happened, but, like, the because the later reports said that, okay, it was, you know, Drysdale in Anaheim, uh, Elliot Friedman said, Byram, Colorado. No matter how this trade sliced out, I feel like the optics from the outside, like, outside of Philadelphia, like, NHL shell, was that the Flyers were going to come up short in this trade just because their hand was a little bit forced. Yeah, but that being said, like, how good of a fucking GM is Danny Briere to one target the right needs? Because Byram and Drysdale, no matter who we got in this trade, those are two; those are the right targets that we needed. Right-handed top pair defenseman for the future, young, still in the same timeline, step by step with our rebuild. That can and run the power play. That can run the power play. 
and or or he said they wanted like a top six center right like those are the that two ne- gaping needs that we needed but that is unreal that he was kind of able to finesse that and dg i know we want to get into details here <laughs> i want to jump the gun it was no, also of great. course i was Go gonna ahead. say it was also great that danny b found 18 to 20 other gms that were trusted enough where he could keep this secret and That's it didn't even get out yeah and because it, it if it's got out, out he gets traded for like there, there a couple weren't even picks. rumors. Yeah, exactly. And there weren't even rumors about this out here. So I think the return, and we'll get into it like we keep saying, but I think the return is great for what, what it was. For That's wild because you go back and you watch interviews, interviews with him and that he was on that podcast. I'm assuming <clears> it was after he already decided he wasn't going to be a flyer, the podcast that everyone's getting the clips from of him talking about meeting torts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one that went viral that, a few months back. Yeah, was that before or after? I don't know, but I fucking hate that video now. It means nothing yeah. to me. <laughs> like, it's weird watching video of him knowing he knows he's forcing a trade. You know what yeah. I mean? And they're, like, asking him about being yeah. a flyer. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know at the point that he recorded that clip whether or not that decision had been made because he kind of seemed very happy about, you know, meeting Tortorella and stuff, so... Can't wait know. to play for years. Really Stuff changed, but before we get into Drysdale, I'm almost certain that that was recorded like in the summer. <laughs> I'm almost yeah, positive. So it would have been after. And yeah, because yeah, it was out. after his college season and before the new college season, so it must have been in the summer. So, it's... sorry, let, let's get into the trade a little bit more. Uh, let's, we're going to start with the cutter side, obviously, and then we'll move to Drysdale. Uh, Z, if you don't mind... Can we let's go through the timeline here of what like we think actually happened and kind of, uh, you know, what the uh, the new brass in Danny Breer and Keith Jones kind of inherited from Chuck and company. Yeah, feel free to chime in, boys. But apparently whatever happened happened before May 11th when Keith Jones and Danny Breer were officially hired. Go ahead. Johnny, April twenty fourth. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what? What's the significance of that date? <laughs> oh, sorry. That was the day that Gautier recorded that um that podcast. Okay, so okay. Before May. Okay. So that was before the madness ensued. That makes more could have made his decision already at that point, though. Who knows? Um. Thank you, Johnny. Jeez. <laughs> I thought you were correcting me on my dates here. Uh, whatever happens predates May 11th. That was reported by Elliot Friedman. Um, and then they they jumped on a Zoom call with Danny B, Keith Jones, and Gautier right after the World Championships in which he played very well and he was playing with men in a tournament. And that, uh, that, was, uh, that ended May 28th, the World Championships. So they were hoping he was going to sign with them. And on that Zoom call, he told them that he was not, he did not want to be a flyer. So that's kind of like the first face-to-face meeting he has with Key Jones and Danny Briere in their new roles. Yeah, and he so- tells them that he doesn't want to play for them, which makes them like, you know, they want to like give their side of the argument. They want to like ask why, obviously, because it's like the first time they're meeting with him, essentially. Two weeks into their jobs too. Like that's yeah. something that we got to zone in on here two weeks into both of them taking over their jobs and they get tossed this shit sandwich of a Cargodier situation. <laughs> and f- 
somehow, some way, nothing gets said about it for over half of a year until he's traded. Yeah. So prop, props to them specifically because, you know, Chuck Fletcher would have leaked this in five seconds. Yeah, so Friedman went on to say that uh, sources think that, like, whatever discussion took place that sort of soured the whole relationship happened right after um, Boston College lost in the uh, Hockey East quarterfinals because he ended college and he wanted to come play right away, I'm assuming, and he wanted to play 10 games in Burn gear. So they probably said no. We One, there was some bonuses. Well, two... It's it's mainly because they didn't want him to burn a year of his ELC is why they probably said no, right? Like that's like the main reason. We weren't ready mm-hmm. for him. We didn't need him. It was pointless for him to play games here when we were that bad. Yeah, and get yeah. another year of development. It's but probably it's from his eyes. He's too. like, you guys are so bad. Like, why can't I play? Yeah, yeah. Could and he up, just yeah. wants to get paid for a year. It's like I've seen the argument that this has cost him millions of dollars. <laughs> do do you like, think that he like kind of thought about this like? soon after being drafted like like in his mind he wanted to like sign play 10 games burn a year of his elc and then maybe not re-up as an rfa with philly sign an offer sheet somewhere else was that you think his his goal long term like in at the very worst for his situation instead of forcing a trade i think it's possible right i I think think the trade did he ever like philly yeah i think the trade was you know, it, it happened and he's like, all right, I got traded. I didn't want to play there. But I think what he wanted to do was he wanted to just stay in college, not come here ever, let that contract end. And then he could go play wherever he wanted to do. And I want to get into this now because it like falls in here. Like one of the things that really ticks me off about this whole Cutter Gauthier thing, like, yeah, I hate the fucking kid. I'm going to hate him for the rest of my life. <laughs> but I hate how the NHL CBA allows these college students to have a huge loophole in which they don't have to play for the team that drafts them. If they get drafted by a team they don't like, they can just stay in college for four years and not have to play for that team one single game. And I think it's bullshit that the NHL allows this loophole to exist and, and something needs to change because these college kids should not have this much power to choose where they get to play. Especially now where more kids are coming out of college and the uni- and the U.S. National Development Program like into the NHL more than ever. All right. I wonder if this is like a going to start a trend like of just because we see more like U.S. like national development guys in the first round more and more every year. Right. So it's like, OK, like, let's see if this starts a little bit of a run here or if it's just a cut or go to thing. Like, yeah, you never totally- know. Right. It depends on who the person is, because for the most part, these college kids play for the team that drafts them. They're not pieces of shit that that think they're so good and are so cocky and think they can play for whoever they that's, want. That's the big thing that people are like, he hasn't played a game. He hasn't proved a thing. He hasn't signed a contract, like, and he's making demands. And if you're on the side of the player, you can obviously say, well, he like he has that right. He can exercise that right. It's not something that people do. He has that right, but, but I think he's a fucking he right pussy for it. it. He's a little weasel. He's a little weasel for doing it. We have it. the right but to call him a pussy for doing it. He has this, the right to do it. In this uh, Elliot Friedman article was that um, he said they weren't going to guarantee Gautier anything. They said they, they wanted him to show up to camp the next year and try out, basically. They weren't going to guarantee him a spot in the lineup. So maybe that had something to do with it, too. 
it could have it doesn't really matter anymore and the funniest thing is we're we're recording this episode and we got about a week worth of information since the trade happened as we're recording. Thank God we did because the things we would have said if we recorded right away. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Emergency. We pod, would have gotten banned pod. on all platforms. Dude. Yeah. A week ago, I, when the, when the trade went down, like we were playing the penguins and the trade drops as the game is starting, care about the game. I didn't watch a second of that game. No. I was so I fucking was pissed off. Phone. I just couldn't <laughs> stop scrolling Twitter and seeing what people had to say. It's unbelievable. Um, Speaking of which, how fucking united is Flyers? It's how fun is it when Flyers Twitter is just completely united in yeah. one thing? And it's like yeah. you saw, like, it wasn't just Flyers. I saw like like Eagles accounts and like Sixers accounts. Even like Phil, like Ruben Amaro tweeted about it too. It's like, wow, this really took over. <laughs> Sorry, this really got around. Cutter Gote is up there with Ben Simmons for the most hated Philadelphia athletes of all time. And 90% yeah. of Philadelphia didn't know who Cutter Cote was before that. Day. At least Ben Simmons played right. for the fucking team, though. Yeah, terribly. <laughs> but he played for him. <laughs> um, let's talk about Drysdale, though. Yeah, no, we, we will. I want to let's go through some of these quotes. We got to go through some the of the quotes. shit that went down. We didn't even mention some of the stuff was so funny. We didn't even mention like the fucking PR stunt that the Flyers put on right at, right when the trade was announced. They just shit all over him, dude. They did not care. They did. They put on a full court press of just get their fucking side of the story out there as fast as possible and make this kid seem like a piece of shit. And it was awesome. Until Keith Jones he, came out and until he Danny publicly says the reason, people are going to speculate and people are going to think it's the worst possible thing, which is good. Of course, yeah, until he up. comes out and tells the truth. It was a We're allowed thing. to speculate and shit on this kid until he tells us what actually happened. Just seems but very like, immature. Which sure. do you guys find it weird that he straight up like won't say what happened? He, I think he's it's calling a, it like a family I think, matter. I think like, it's a what? very bad call by him, his agent, and his parents to release that statement. Very yeah. bad. Whatever the just, reason is, the I sooner think... you say it, the more people are like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like the two Let days later, out. no one would care. Yeah, Honestly, let me throw out some speculation here. Sorry, Coots. Let me throw out some speculation. So, like, this obviously isn't true, but like, I feel like he's just some like preppy white kid that just thinks he's the fucking shit and can do whatever he wants. And his family is the same way, you know? They're, he's just a rich kid that thinks he's the fucking man and can, you know, forge his own destiny in whichever way he sees fit. Well, That's he's how fitting. I feel about him. He'll fit in well in Southern California. My. So. my- my theory, my theory until they this, trade Zegris, until Zegris gets that's traded. That's the My my theory about this is my. So I have a roommate who kind of he knows a few people within the organization, and oh he's boy. he's kind of an idiot. So like you know he'll just say shit just to say shit, and this was like in April around April too. He was like he's like yeah that fucking Carter Gauthier. A lot of guys don't like him in that room. Like they, they think he's cocky. They, they think he's a cocky idiot. And I, I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, how do you even know that? And and now I'm like thinking about all of this. Maybe there's some tiff within the locker room between Gauthier and uh, the team. I don't know. Like from the first camp that he went to. So, I don't know if there's a tiff or people were just like, oh, this guy's a dick. Yeah, like, well, it wasn't well, actually like any maybe drama. They, maybe he doesn't like. Maybe he just legitimately doesn't like the guys on the team. And uh, I mean, I we saw 
we heard what Sanheim had to say. He was like, yeah, they were they remembered what happened at development camp when he doesn't show up, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sanheim like, sounded like a leader. Sanheim's like never met him, conference. but all I know is he didn't show up to camp, and uh, it's like I don't know yeah. the guys that would have done that or some shit. What did he and say? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like to that same note too, it's like and back to DG's like original point where it was like kind of like a PR stunt, like in media circus. It's like. Literally from Jonesy to Briere to Hilferty to like, uh, what's it called? To Boucher, Torch. JJ, Al Morganti to Torts to Hartnell. Hartnell. Everyone had the same exact things to say. And it was just beautifully broadcasted. <laughs> like, all like, like I said, that was way more interesting to the game. And they knew that and they played right into it with all the trade covers that they were talking. They're like, ah, oh, I can't believe that no one wants to play in Philly or like whatever, like or to that same vein. It's like, wow, that's that was pure class entertainment. Like it was awesome. And like also just coming off that too, it's like like I love the trio of like Hilferty, Briere, and and Keith Jones. And they put on a master class, like this whole throughout the whole thing. And Torts too for that. They gave but, Cutter the old fuck you without saying it in the most polite way possible. I love how they're really just good. they're just open and honest with us. Like they they told us what they did from their side. Yeah, like like Brer told him told him how they catered to him. You know, they even protected him. They tried to you know get him back, protect and him from us were... from the fans because that came yeah. out. And then like yeah. he still resigned, but it was like he, or is he still signed? And people were like, oh, he signed here, but yeah. he, said he doesn't want to be here. Like if he and, didn't play well, like we'd be on his ass. And yeah, and then and then when it came to the fact that he would he was ignoring Mr. Fifty Goal Scorer Johnny Leclerc and 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 Patty Sharp, you know, that was that was enough, man. Enough. Three time Stanley Cup champion Patrick Sharp, by the way. What was Lecle- did Leclerc win a cup? He won one yeah, with Montreal. Montreal. 90. Did he with the Penguins? Three. Did he win? No, he was there with the Penguins worst year. Just I think. Oh, okay. I think that point, Coots, is one of the things that even non-Flyers fans can, like, rally behind. Yeah. That they don't understand either. He wouldn't talk to John LeClaire. He literally sent his assistant coach out to tell John LeClaire that he wasn't going to be talking to him. The when only he American, came all the way to see him and just talked to him for three minutes. The only American know? to ever score three 50-goal seasons. Like, you do that, there's something wrong with you as a person and, like, your character. Because even if you don't want to play for Philadelphia, you still go and talk to John LeClaire for a couple of minutes. The dude's a legend. Yeah, yeah. He refused to do it. He would be lucky to lick the ice shavings off his blades at the end of his career. <laughs> and and any, any, any parent, agent, or whoever who's just like you, like he's like, I don't want to talk to John LeClaire. And you're just like, okay, honey, do you do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? a good he's point a good, like, he's like a good his, his agent really did not guide him at all his i who i, I they're as crazy as he is because they're <laughs> don't, they're going about this all wrong and, and, the and, pull this shit, and the thing you could pull this shit against philadelphia of all cities really you think things aren't going to end badly when you do that to us oh, oh boy buddy, i can't yeah, wait i pulled up i pulled up the i can't wait till next year uh, Sanheim was asked about him not going to dev camp. And he said, as a player in this locker room, that was something that stayed with us for as long as I know you show up to development camp, whether you skate or not. So I think if he doesn't want to be here, we're happy to move on and get the pieces that we did. Yeah, he said very... that after just finding out, like when he walked off the ice, it's not like they 
very well Good put together it. comment by Sandheim. One yeah. of the best I've ever seen from Sandheim ever. Just I also so thought he's usually I not a good thought, quote. <laughs> no, what's interesting about that quote is, and I, if you go back and and watch the the interview in itself, the question to him was what like it was directed like pointed to like Jamie Drysdale coming in. He brought up Cutter Goatsy uh, on yeah. his own. He mm-hmm. went Sandheim did that on his own and mm-hmm. went on his own little tangent. Hit the question was. What do you think of like Jamie Drysdale like coming over? Because he's a defenseman, right? He's going to yeah. be a part of the top six. He's going to be a, a possible pair with Sanheim. And then and Sanheim just went on his own and said, "Yeah, if you don't want to play Even here, better. don't play here." I, I know think that's, that's what stood out to me. I think he spoke for all the players in that instance, and it, it makes a lot of sense, especially what you're saying, Johnny. How he basically deflected the question and brought it around back to Cutter instead of talking about Drysdale. It, it seems like the rest of the team is completely okay with what happened, you know, and I kind of love that. Do we have Torts' quote too when he was asked about him? The night yeah, we have a, quite a few Torts quotes to run through. <laughs> Funny you should ask. Um, we'll start with the one that revolves around Cutter, then we'll go about him attacking Ant San Filippo. Uh, <laughs> but Torts, so Torts with Cutter. So after the Cutter trade happened, I believe it was the Pittsburgh game. He gets asked about Cutter and Torts just says, I don't know Cutter from a hole in a wall. And he was and he like went on a tangent like, and said, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, here I'm worried about, about Drysdale and seeing what Drysdale has. He's the guy I don't care about Cutter. All time quote, all time. Which just awesome. He doesn't great, even try to shit talk somebody and it just quote. comes out naturally. Yeah. And it's also just like like why the fuck you ask me about a guy who hasn't played here, doesn't want to play here, and and will not play here because he's been traded. Like, why am I going to answer questions about this kid? He's saying, I don't fucking know this kid. Met him but a couple even... times. The journalist like, got the exact quote they were looking for. Yeah, though. they got the quote. But, like, that's a GM <laughs> question. The coach doesn't I think, care about prospect. I think Charlie played. O'Connor was the one that, like, brought up that question. Uh, I for, Like, I don't want to say that, and nah, that'd be wrong. But anyways, but I think he had that question in mind with the whole podcast that we were referencing earlier back, right? Because he was, like, in the podcast, he mentions meeting Torts. And Torts is like, oh, that's what I want to hear, yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, that interaction. And for Torts just to say that is so funny. <laughs> and you know that Cutter Godier saw that and was just like... No, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude... Put those you know, two his, quotes. You know, he tightened two, up real quick. Put those two clips side by side. First run the cutter clip of him, like, talk about me and torts. And then just throw the torts clip right afterwards. I don't know, cut it from a hole in a wall. And then just end it. It's like, yeah, we don't care I, I, about um, you, man. I Honestly, I may do that. You should. That would be so funny. People would get a kick I might, out of I it. might do that right now. It'll be easy. Just get the two videos, smash them together. Um. Okay, so some other quotes. This quote is a little more dramatic. Um, it revolves around uh, Anthony Sanfilippo saying that Kevin Hayes has his fingerprints all over the Cartagodier situation, which, you know, at that time, probably not the greatest thing for him to say. And I think he would even admit that. I'm not sure if he's ever apologized yeah. for it, but, you know, it wasn't the thing to say. And obviously, like, Kevin Hayes might have talk to the kid but it's definitely not the main reason why cutter Gauthier didn't want to play for philadelphia it was kind of a, a slanderous comment to make but after the aftermath of that and aunt sand got shit all over the place for it torts had a press conference after a game like a day or two later 
and he immediately <laughs> like basically stops the press conference and he's like hey is the guy here that talks shit on kevin hayes or what what do you say Paul's kevin is the guy here's a problem is the guy here that gave kevin hayes the problem he asks a couple times and and Anson's <laughs> like yeah yeah i'm here and he's like are you kidding me you think kevin hayes <laughs> is gonna do something like that that's bullshit and he kind of just reams into Aunt Sand. He kept like pausing and like seconds. going back to the lady asking questions and then going back to Aunt Like he kept He's berating like, him in sections. Yeah, like trying to take another question. Then he was like, I, I can't even answer this question. Why the fuck would you do that to Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, just and the, the it's thing, important awesome. thing here is because he says it pissed me off that you guys throw that shit around and affect someone's life. Kevin Hayes and I had a problem. We couldn't come to an agreement on how to play, but that's a good man. <laughs> That's a good man, and what you said is going to stay with him. That's what you guys don't understand. You're going to sit there and say you have the right sources. I call bullshit. Just <laughs> fucking great. That's awesome. Which is that it is a wild thing to report without like 100% confirmation from from a source that like that it had it, something to do with it. Yeah, I mean him saying that he has his fingerprints on it. It's like high school drama. Like it's but not this is something reality. that also came out. Johnny, can you just tell us the name of that podcast? Because we should at least shout them out at this point. That Goje Empty was Netters. On. Empty it's a really Netters. Good one. Really good this one. also came up on that where he said Hayes texted him after the draft and came to Boston and took him to play golf and they like exchanged numbers or whatever. It's not like Kevin Hayes talked to this kid like every day. And also, like at the time, he took him to play golf to sell him on Philadelphia because he was there. For, like the team asked him to take him essentially. Mm. Yeah. So he was just talking to him about how fun Philadelphia is to play in. And now there's reports inside, which like, I don't know if someone fucking had a problem with Kevin Hayes or there's just fucking rats and they're just trying to, they're Stir putting, the pot. yeah. Or maybe, maybe that's what it seems like. They're sending fake rumors down the pipeline to see who's a rat, how it gets out. That's like some Tyrion Lannister like, <laughs> yeah. shit right there. That's what I would fucking do that shit if we were concerned with that. Cause like in the past, like stuff a lot of stuff's gone out from like that head office, right? hundred percent But this didn't, which is the craziest thing to me. Well, it's but just this... yeah, yeah, exactly. That means they kept it real tight with who knew. If... That means like three, four people knew. Nobody knew. It was probably just Jonesy and Danny B. They were in that Zoom and they looked at each other once it ended. Be like, yeah. we can't say this to anybody. Because <laughs> <Maybe. laughs> like, Torts knew later because they were watching tape on players, and they watched tape on Drysdale. Also, Bob Murray, who was who is an assistant uh, advisor or some shit for the Flyers. Uh, maybe not assistant advisor. Maybe just an advisor. Um, he was the GM of the Ducks when they drafted Drysdale in 2020. So, got to think he gave his opinion on Drysdale as a player. Maybe he sees something that Pat Verbeek does not see because it seems like Pat Verbeek is just getting rid of guys he doesn't like now. It seems that way. Um, I do think we should jump into the return for Cutter Gauthier. So it, that would be Jamie Drysdale. So we got Jamie Drysdale and a second round pick in 2025, which is honestly at this point in time, like an incredible return. I don't even yeah, know if, if you could say that the Flyers won or lost this trade yet. Yeah, no, you can't. can't, can't no one it. knows. Good. He hasn't played a game. But like you, if if we acquired this player in any other way, we would be so fucking pumped about it. And it just sucks mm -hmm. that like everyone's 
bummed because of what we lost and not like focusing and excited on what we got out of this, which we got a player that can help the team now, that can help the power play now, that these guys right. can play meaningful hockey. Well, that's more so our job. Like we're, I, I would say we're more in depth with Flyers hockey and understand the sport more. So like if we go out there and pump Jamie Drysdale's tires, you know, the casual Flyers fan is going to rally behind yeah. that. But you're right. Like the story ended up being about Cutter Gauthier and it didn't end up being about Drysdale, which is just an incredible return in its own right. Like this kid is really, really good. And I love watching that. Like I'm pissed that he's not playing against the Blues tonight as we're recording. Like I want to watch him play. He's fucking got Carter Hart. So entertaining. He's so entertaining and it's awesome. And he's, he's got two points in two games as a Philadelphia flyer. Like he's a point per game guy. It is so hard to, to develop offensive right-handed defenseman. Like, it is crazy that we have a guy who is under 22 years old and already NHL ready and probably above NHL, you know, ready talent too. Like, he is, he's, he's above average defenseman right now at 21, in my opinion. He is so good out there. He's so crafty. He's a little water bug on the skates. He, his first pass out is unbelievable. I remember he was feeding Frost, Frost for some breakaways and whatnot. Oh my God. Oh, Frost buried that. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I would have popped the cap. <laughs> Him and Frost have some unbelievable chemistry, like at least so far. Did they, those two no, they, wouldn't, great they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have played together. In they didn't, the but they did work out this previous gotcha, summer together. Gotcha. So I think Frost and think York was also a part of those workouts Frost, with like Zegris. Frost is looking pretty confident lately too, but that's looking a different great. point. Um, also, another thing that's so underrated, like when you're a forward and you're attacking the defenseman on the penalty kill, those little subtle moves that a defenseman can make it is so hard to defend it is so hard to try and get that puck he does these little head fakes these little like little shimmies he is so crafty with the puck it doesn't look that crazy on tv but when you're out there and you're going against that kind of player it is so tough and that's how he was really good with setting up frost on that one goal did a little shimmy pass it over quick frost did a nice little toe drag into a shot yeah he created so much space yeah yeah, he, he has so much respect. And he has a pretty underrated shot, too. I, I saw him getting it off a few times. No goals yet, but he'll get them. They'll come. They'll come. And it seems like they're oh, just yeah. like, hey, full throttle, just play offense. Yeah. Like, and, we'll worry about and, defense later, which is the right thing. Like, let him get in and get confident and get comfortable. And that's coming from Torts. Torts yeah. is calling him a Which people say Torts is bad developing fucking players. Dude, he knows. Torts knows. Torts is going to make year. you play like lockdown defense the entire game. He knows when you get the They play the guys fun, the dude. They forecheck hard. As long this, as you're... Turnovers, it's fast. Transition yeah. hockey. This year has proven exactly the type of coach John Tortorella is. And if you see anybody out there on social media like talking yeah, shit a good one. saying Tortorella is bad or like talking shit on torts, those those people are calling themselves out for being stupid because yeah, John Tortorella well, has it, adapted to the modern NHL yes. and he is one of the best coaches in this league. He might not win the Jack Adams this year because, you know, they can talk you know, it. The, the Canucks are playing so awesome. <laughs> They're winning 70% of their games. And, and the Jets. Bobby Lett's doing good with the Rangers. Like, yeah. Torrell will be nominated, but Rick like, this year has proven that he is a top coach in this league. And anybody that doesn't believe that is an idiot. It's unbelievable. And like, you got the skill guys like Frost. Frost had a meeting with Torx, kind of gave it back to him. And after that meeting, 
Torts was happy with that. Torts came out and said he was happy with what, you know, they talked about and, and he was happy that Frost battled for himself. And now Frost is looking really good the last like five, feels six like, games. Feels like Torts was waiting for that moment. Yeah. Like, like he was going to see that. how many times do I got to poke this kid before he like stands up for himself. Yeah. Like, like, like and that is uh, kind of like a mind game thing, but. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, I'm he, happy I didn't switch my guy. He he I'm unlocked he, he unlocked something in him because he's he's making a difference out there now. He's a more oh. noticeable player. We were um, gonna just let back you to Drysdale. Drysdale. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> back to Drysdale, like you mentioned, Coots under 22. He's 21 years old. Yeah. The other important thing, he is locked in for the next three years at 2.3 million, and then he's RFA the year after that. Think next how many that. years? Three. Until 25, yeah. 26. This Holy year, shit. next year, and the year after. We're going to be oh. offering him a deal when Mitch Koff arrives. Oh. Pretty, yeah. pretty much. Oh. And he's RFA after that. I'm assuming by that point, Drysdale is going to be worth a pretty penny, though. Unless unless Comcast gives uh, the Russian mafia the business, gives them like $4 million for early revi- arrival. <laughs> Right in the briefcase. <laughs> All right, I'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it another time. I was gonna say, does this make York like available? No, no I don't I think don't. you trade him. I don't no. think so because no. I am salivating I, at the I idea think... of Sandheim, Drysdale, yeah. and York being like and Bonk and Bonk, bonk being bonk. that like qua- like four. Yeah, like, top four, dude. Like we need that. We need to lock DG, in that top DG four. has already convinced himself that we're then like gonna have the equivalent defenseman package of the Nashville Predators. Yes, <laughs> and we're so when they had when they had <laughs> Ekholm, Yossi, Ellis. Yeah, like Seth Jones, Weber, Suter. Unreal. They didn't have all of them at the same time. Yeah, they did. They had six of them. Dude, they at had the same time. Yeah, did they? One year, hundred percent, hundred percent. One year they had like five top four defensemen in their six. <laughs> right. And they just it traded crazy. Six, all of them. dude. All six were top four defensemen. Yeah, just traded all of them except for. Yeah, they just had the most below average offense. So like their team revolved around that defense that year. But you know they had like Ryan Johansson as their top center, which he's a good player, but he's you know he's not like God or anything. So the way I see this trade is if Jamie Drysdale turns out. Let's say, I mean, his ceiling is a number one defenseman. Let's say he turns into a top pair defenseman where him him and Sanheim both, like, they play well together. Neither of them's like a bona fide number one. You know what I mean? It's like an A-B situation. Let's say that's best case scenario he gets there. All we did was trade our needs, right? Now we just need a center. Before, we had we thought we had a number one center, and we needed a number one defenseman. So, so now that just it flips, perfect. we just need it's a center perfect. now. I honestly think we're in a and better situation. And that's what Danny B was looking for in the trade. That I think we're in a I think we're in a better situation. I think finding a top defenseman like that, a right-handed top defenseman, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Almost impossible. And now we don't have to worry about that. We can go into this draft being like, we need like a a, a big center iceman. Yeah. And that can be our focus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about uh the quote <laughs> quote of the season so far? Um, in OT against uh Minnesota when they're on the power play and Drysdale's taking the puck up and TK yells just skate it like he's like <laughs> looking for a pass and TK <laughs> screams just skate it and Drysdale <laughs> just like fuck. takes it in goes like around the net and like just sets up the the power play right after like yeah. he was just he's so it's fast so but he didn't good. have like zone entries like that 
yeah, it was a four on three, but still. When when you got your own teammates giving you the green light too, yeah, he's like you have... are the fastest guy on the team. Do not try to pass this fuck right now. We're all <laughs> we're all tired. He, he is gonna thrive here. He is gonna thrive here for sure. And there's some good like like he probably had learned a little bit from Cam Fowler over there and 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 uh, Anaheim and Cam Fowler are very underrated defensemen. Yeah. Very under something I heard too. Like I I think right now he's getting the treatment. I don't know if he's gonna still get it, but the were like the Wierenski Jones treatment that gave them when he was in Columbus. Apparently, he like li- literally they could do whatever they wanted. Like mm-hmm. Jones told, I think Jones or Rensky, one of them told a story one time about how they were they like were set up in front of the net and they in the in the offensive zone and they looked over and the other defenseman was right next to them and they're like, oh shit, <laughs> both of us are in front of the net and all of like the two forwards are back. And then they like went to the bench after that play, and Torch was like, "No, keep doing that shit. You guys like play how you play." Like, I I knew he'd be fine here because, I mean, you got guys like Walker shooting the rush. This like, makes Walker one hundred percent expendable. Oh yes, yeah. like yeah, he's yeah, oh, yeah. sure. It sucks, but he's getting traded. Sealer's gonna. I stay know. Here, probably. I you need you can't have Zamula be the seven G. Like I unless like you're the way getting he's developing. In, I know we're rambling, but unless we're, you're getting a second or a first for Sealer. You might as well keep him. No, this no, is good. Like, and and, and yeah. Johnny, Johnny, I want you to talk about this because you had a good point on Twitter, like in regards to Sealer and how he should be handled. So I would love the people to hear what you have to say. Yeah, right. So like Elliot Freeman said that like today, so we're recording on Monday. Um, So he said his edition of 32 Thoughts came out and he said that the Flyers are interested in re-signing Nick Sealer as opposed to trading him. And I agreed with this, you know, kind of thought process because you do need and coots I, I know i messaged you like on twitter about this too like commented on one of your posts you need that fourth line or bottom pair guys to thrive in their roles and don't ask any more of them and that's exactly what nick sealer brings on the back end he's going to be a cheap option and at cer- at a certain cost if you plan on being competitive like in the near future which you know your definition of near are. future could could uh, i mean like you know you don't want to put as much weight Four points into out this of first as some place. people right but like you don't it's it's not a true like it could fall apart at like, any time <laughs> i'm not like i'm meaning i mean like stanley cup contention yeah like a deep playoff run not something that you know we've kind of fell into like this year but you need those type of guys fell into to it, no, we created what we let have let me go fellas i'm trying to make a point here <laughs> But you need those type of guys, those role players that do exactly what they're asked of and nothing more. And that's exactly what Nick Slayer does. He blocks shots, he eats pucks, he eats minutes just to give guys like, so we're not putting too much mileage in the regular season on Sanheim, on Drysdale, Cam York, like especially guys who aren't, you know, expect, who, who have very little to none playoff experience to know what goes beyond a regular season in the NHL. And that's exactly what's going to come up huge here. Um, and yeah, like you, it, it's the price of a person or a player rather that can do that is worth more than that potential fourth, fifth, sixth round pick that you would get in exchange for them. Yeah, to try to draft a player in those later rounds that are exactly like him. You gotta wait another um, four years. You gotta and you gotta hope that. I mean, like it's also you it already also have you, you already have the guy. You already have the guy. It already helps that you know he, he like he is a torts player and thrives in this system. And that can be very hard to find if you bring in a defenseman, especially a defenseman 
that doesn't cater to what the coach is preaching, um, then that could be a nightmare. And we've seen that happen a lot over the past decade. So I think one of the uh, long story short things to come from the Fletcher era is Nick Sealer. He was going <laughs> to yeah, hang up the skates I mean, and Chuck Fletcher signed him. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. I mean, I, so it's like, I mean, like, like I said, like, and long story short, like, I don't like, I agreed with that. And I'm glad that the front office sees it that way. Uh, on the other side of the coin, yeah, like Walker's got to go and hopefully we get good compensation for him because he's he's still, although he kind of fell off point production wise, he's still playing pretty solid defense, which are what you need from a from a contender. Yeah, Johnny, I replied to your sealer tweet and I got like 40 likes on it. <laughs> I just pretty much said like, yeah, people don't realize how good he is. Like, like to have that guy eat those minutes on the on their last pair, like stick on everything. He hits everything. He blocks everything. And he just makes simple plays. Like he doesn't really make mistakes. So that's that's what you need. I mean, you can't have a you can't have a guy with like, I don't know, Drysdale skill on the on that pair. It wouldn't work. So um right. Like you but, don't need a guy that drives offense on every single defensive pair. Does it help yeah. puck movers? Sure. But like still, that doesn't mean he's a bad defenseman. And I think people kind of get caught up in that a lot. But if you see him play his position, see how well he covers the slot, see how well he wins like the puck battles without with like this is important too, without hurting like the um yeah. the puck progression up the ice, like the yeah. puck movement rather. So also I love like like I think the ducks run into this problem where they have a lot of skilled guys and young guys, and they don't have anybody who's like tough that'll protect them. The Flyers have, like, having Sealer, he's a maniac out there. Like, yeah. that 1-5-1, one, like, remember when it was 5-1 versus the Red Wings, and he he got in that fight, and he freaked yeah. out, and, like, like, and then they had a comeback? Like, that shit matters, man. That still the all matter, matters. Um, Yeah, and we have a really young, pretty skilled team from the young guys, and I'm glad that we still have a little bit of meat and potatoes, like him and Hathaway and Delorier. I oh, wonder that note. To that yeah. note, yeah, uh, yeah. Delorier's got to figure it the fuck out. I know. But kind of, I am, I am loving Hathaway Dude, because he's, he's surprising. He does, he does not hurt. I don't think. Well, he's obviously not out there to score goals, right? But I don't yeah. think by any means he's out there hurting the team play. Like where oh, Delorier, wow. just watching him skate makes me uncomfortable. Delorier, um, yeah. but like, he's... yeah, on the four, you need those guys, and I'm and glad my... the Hathaway signs. Delorier yeah, might. Might only have one year left in the league. Like one other team might pluck up next year, and that might it's be a, it. It's a hell of a contract he's ending on. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've baby. liked, I've liked what he's done. I don't know, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh. I want to ask you guys a hypothetical that leads into the next topic. What What would make you like feel? Like actually, everyone feels like negative about the Gautier trade. Like that was the initial response, right? What would make you feel positive? Would you feel more positive? If it was Cutter and a first for Zegris and Drysdale, I would. Or maybe I would have a first done that. and another pick. I would, I would have, done, have that. done that. I don't think it changes how I feel. You'd still be I more. Mean, I would be way more excited. I think. I mean, if we threw in the Florida pick, players. you mean? I'd be. I'd be way more excited. No, what if it was it had to be our pick? Like the earlier first round pick next year. Ah. Uh, I, I think for both of them, for both of them, that's that's tough to deny. I mean, that's and and like a I third or some shit, some pick that doesn't matter. 
I think I still do it because I would be fascinated alone with see how Zegers plays under torts and see how (laughs) that would be the first thing that would come up is his comments on the Michigan. That would be the first thing to come up in any interview with Zegers or torts. It's like it's like one of those instances. It's like, Lord, I've seen what you've done for others. Now let's see what you do for this guy. Because we've seen what Torts have done to the games of like Travis Konechny. Hopefully, it could be like a similar type he'd, feel. He'd be like, the I next. Hope. He'd be the next guy riding the fucking the the riding the fucking scratch train behind for all. Imagine, imagine TK. Imagine TK one day gets named captain and he has to captain around Zegris. <laughs> like he has to deal with him in the locker room. <laughs> Would oh, be a fun God, time. Him, happens. him, York, and Drysdale, huge, good, good, really close friends. Um, yep, but true. that goes into the around the league topic that we have. That is that Trevor Zegers is on the trade block. So I mentioned this before. Like Verbeek is just getting rid of the guys he doesn't like. Zegers and Drysdale both had to like hold out for contracts this year. Basically, they couldn't start the year. I don't think. And then they mm-hmm. both signed like bridge deals, um, because the team just like they wouldn't sign them long term or wouldn't agree on a bigger number. I don't know what. <laughs> Yeah, it's a well-known thing that Verbeek does just not like. Did not he like wants... Drysdale. Did not like Zeke. They weren't his guys, right? Yeah. Like, they which didn't makes sense. Them. He didn't draft them, and he's trying to build like a whatever a more physical team, or I don't know where he's trying to build from. But he has his he's own. Trying plan. to build a team full of pussies if he traded for Cutter Gautier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, apparently, that's... apparently he was trying to acquire a, a, a to move up in that draft to draft Gautier. He liked him in the draft too. Mm. Here's another yeah, I mean, hypothetical, and oh, sorry, it's coming up now, not during the Cutter segment, but no. But since you know Cutter Good didn't one. work out, would you guys have rather had David Jaracek, or are you happy with Jamie Drysdale? Uh, I would have hundred percent rather have Drysdale. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really? kind of on Drysdale train. Okay, I'm not yeah, big I on think I am too. He's just a I like guy. I just know I think Jaracek's good. I think Jaracek's good though. I think we needed this kind of defenseman, a little yeah. bit more dy- dynamic um, player, like from the point, like we can find those bigger, meaner, you know, clog the middle type guys. They're, they're it's, easier it's, to sign. It's too early to assess like anyone from that draft. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, but I, what I would say is I would much rather have Drysdale because his development has already happened. He's already yeah, playing yeah. in the NHL. He's at like whereas a perfect like, age. I, it'd be better. It's better for the Flyers right now having Drysdale in the lineup, producing on a night to night basis, rather than us having Jiracek. And he, where would he be right now? He's in Columbus, right? So he is he mm. playing for Columbus or is he? I don't know, know if he's in, in that lineup. They've had a lot of injuries. Who knows? Yeah, they're pretty bad though. Um, yeah, I'm glad we're yeah. all on the same page there because I do think that Drysdale is the better player. The other thing is, it like kind of re- you you reward the the team for playing well without losing a roster player. So they're like, I feel like they're less inclined to try to make a trade to make for the sake of making a trade during yeah. the trade deadline, and they'll just sell. That's that's the biggest thing, and I think I texted you guys. I was like, the only positive news of this whole trade situation is we get to see Jamie Drysdale play tomorrow, whereas yeah. we wouldn't have seen Cutter play for months. How, how many? Awesome. How many draft? We we have two first round picks, right? This year, yeah. Yep. yeah. And then we have how many second round picks now? 
we have two also well, that's a 20, it's a it's a 2025 oh is pick. it okay I got so you. well but we do have two second round picks this upcoming draft because we get that cool. joe o'brien compensate compensatory cool. it's the best thing he ever did for the flyers <laughs> yeah so cool. we have two first two seconds this year and then next year we have a first and two seconds so we're pretty loaded up front let's do it draft and I guess on two notes too, just because Z briefly mentioned it, the rumor was that we tried to trade Gautier at the draft for the fifth overall pick, which was occupied by Montreal, in order to select David Reinbacker. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. And then of his. also get Mitchkov. Yeah, and then Z, you said something pretty funny. I think right, like the the stress between pick five and eight would have been <laughs> terrible if we didn't pick Mitchkov. With the oh, dude, pick. if if the Flyers <laughs> traded up, everyone would have been like, ah. <laughs> and, then, and then they go and they announce David Reinbach. We'll be like, what the fuck? And then, and then, and then eighth and overall, we would have Yeah, or se- waiting for Arizona to go. Oh my seven god, getting. that would have been oh that would have been the most ridiculous set of emotions if that were to happen. Be worse but than with that video of those guys chanting Gold Caulfield and oh from the god. U.S. National Development Program. <laughs> Cam, Cam York, not Cole, Cam. <laughs> Oh God, I still remember that. That's terrible. Oh God, that's all. I mean, Cam York's fine. He's whatever. Yeah, Caulfield's struggling a little bit. He's snake bitten. So good. I like it. Helps piece. helps the uh, helps the cause there. Shout out um, to. But I'll, we have say. yeah, we have most of our picks that trade away. No, I was gonna say too. I mean, like realistically speaking, yes, I love Zegris, but if it were to have happened, it would have happened as a part of the Gautier trade. I'd imagine, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah, very yeah. rarely you see two separate trades uh, happen that way. But where you, I mean, you know, where do you think he might go? I don't. To like a bad oh bad I'm, team maybe i can think of 25 other teams i'd love to have them probably so what would be a yeah fun i think to go to, as though? much as i would have wanted to get trevor zegris out of the metro prob- i think yeah, it's probably better for the flyers because i think he would have just been like like a luxury not a need yeah so yeah. i'm happy he plays a little center away. right he's a he plays yeah. center he plays yeah, left center we we don't need another center of his caliber we need a bigger center i think we got too many small guys where yeah because what's Kateri, like right six ball. four well coots is the only one is what i'm saying and then you got frost who frost is Kates is back fine, today frost tonight. is a fine center kate's is fine too but oh like, kate's is back is tonight oh i don't He's foresee any of those guys being like a dominant force in the top six like frost is so skilled and he could provide points but when i think of center i think of sparingly a big, but yes. husky center we uh, what we need, yeah. you th- you're we thinking need... of like Ryan O'Reilly, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like we, that, we like we got we the need... skill. We need the like we a prime an we I disagree. I don't think we have the skill. I don't think we have the skill. But I think we, we did. We need a number one guy because <sighs> in a few years, Hoots is gonna be like our second, third line center, right? That's gonna be sad. And I don't like, want to watch and that play transition. Like <laughs> right? I love Coots so much. Off. So we need a number one guy because Kate's Frost, whatever they develop into, if they stay in the team or they're not, they can develop into two C's. Yeah, I mean, it's already tough to see Coots try to skate now. I know. imagine what that's gonna but look like, like in two, in two three to three years. years when like Mitchkov is here. Coots is in our number one center. Like we need to either trade or draft a number one guy. Trade dry sidle. Yeah, the oh, fire. Dude, There's so I many. Don't say that. There's Marner. so many guys. What would we that... have to give? Oh, Marner, I like a free agent. Yeah, we wouldn't. We'd have to oh. sign. I think Let's the go. Flyers are going to Dizzle. find. This is my. This is my dream. Number one, it's not gonna oh. like it's not a reality, but like. I think there's going to be a big center. I think there's going to be a very good center prospect or not prospect pool, free agency pool. 
within the next two years. And I think we're going to sign somebody. I think that's the easiest way to find that guy. It's like the biggest number. It's like in current, but you can't really think like that because in current NHL, no one lets their players get to free agency anymore. And we've seen the past like three years, how weak free agency has been. And it's just like, it's like no one lets their players go to free agency. But we can't draft one. We can't draft one and wait four years until he, four or five years till he becomes the number one center. We need our team to be ready when Mitch Koff gets here. Or we trade for a prospect that is a center. Already there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Flyers have a lot of assets now, I think. I think the prospect pool is starting to dwindle a lot. slightly. Decent. Decent. It's respectable. I think we have the, the, the pieces here where we can make something happen, and I have full faith in Danny Briere and Keith Jones to make yeah, that DG, happen. Yeah, DG, you think we're a lot more talented of a team than I think we actually are. Like we, I don't like you say you think we have like talent tops. I don't think that at all. I think we're lacking like creativity, especially it's good that we have the supporting secondary pieces, but we're still missing. Well, TK isn't a supporting secondary piece. He is one of those pieces. I think, I think a fair being on the same boat. Whereas like, I don't think they're ever, either of them are going to be some dominant force night in and night out, but those guys are going to produce it could probably get you fifty to sixty points consistently season to season. I agree. They're, I agree. That's second the, line, that's middle, middle six, and Tipper. Yeah, Beezer and they're Tipper perfect. Right there. We, yeah. So yeah, you might be right. We're still missing those might get top better. end talent pieces, but T- yeah, I mean, I guess when you TK's, think of the four of like TK, TK and Coots are first line players, and then Tippett and Farabee second. I'd argue Farabee's been a first line player for the past like two months. He's been awesome. Oh, he's been good. Like he's a point breaking yeah. player the past two that months, but like, yeah, you know, we gotta gotta look at it. You gotta put a guy like Farabee on the power play in overtime. Am I right? He's approaching. Yeah, he's seriously. A, with two defense, he's approaching is, and maybe not Scott Lawn and Cam Atkinson, the second fucking forward pair out of the out of the three on three overtime. Oh my that, word. that was that made yeah, me was with Drysdale. The two guys who can't score. With Drysdale, and it's just like, dude, we want to see you Drysdale tip it, fucking you be creative Farabee, here. Come on. Yeah, that was crazy. We don't have to dive into that though, because we won the game. What were you gonna say, Coots? No, I just was saying Farabee's approaching a career high soon. Yeah. Only six points away. Also, um, shout out Danny B flying in Drysdale's parents for the game. Classy move. And and how about that um that little ovation by the fans when Drysdale got his first assist? Really that cool. was electric too. Yeah, it was, was it so was loud, man. Man, the fans are in tune here in Philly. We know we know hockey. <laughs> God, it's so awesome to see everyone pay attention again. It's oh, so yeah. fun to see and, them be like the center. Like the, if the Eagles win, like continue on their playoff run. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously that's gonna subset. But if the Flyers continue to stay hot, especially with all the games at home in the second half of the year, mm-hmm. it's got potential to pick up some momentum. Oh, dude, I oh, tweeted yeah. about it the other day, and I know we're wrapping up here again to post game, but playoff hockey at the Wells Fargo Center is going to be something unreal. out of this world this year. Oh, dude, you have you. The thing is that excites me about that is you have a whole generation for the past ten years that have never experienced true yep. Flyers hockey. Yeah, yep. we had like a small like thing in 2016, 2017. but there was no chance we were winning in twenty twenty. Whatever, yeah. Except for the bubble. Well, twenty twenty was the bubble, so they don't. Yeah, they, they, no they didn't have any home games. Like they didn't realize. <laughs> and people like already catching momentum from the Phillies being good, the, the Eagles being. It'll good be recently. the first time they're in the playoffs, and they're actually playing well and have a chance to beat any team they face. I, 
I'm sorry. As, I was and have a home game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to to all my soccer fans out there, but I was getting so sick of like Union fans being like, "Yeah, and we're better." We, they care. Philly cares about the union more than the Flyers. I'm like, no, dude, absolutely not. Absolutely I'm like, not. I'm like, we, we, just did, not, to, we, we know, did not we defeat. Just we did not defeat communism. Like the Flyers <laughs> did not defeat communism for the tenth worst league. Tell them the soccer team to be more popular than the Flyers. It's not absolutely happening. Absolutely not. When the Flyers <laughs> are going, and the city is behind them, I'd argue that the city. Philadelphia is more of a hockey city than anything else. Like maybe not more than I, football. No, not more. I mean, football. but I don't know though. I think football is just like the go-to for like casual football, people not more because than football they don't or watch baseball. sports. Yeah, baseball. I well, I baseball. You look at the casual. past. Like I said, dude, look at baseball. The past ten years before the Phillies made the playoffs, there was empty seats. There was literally, literally filled like ten well, percent of that I, stadium. I remember. Dude. It's like Phillies. All they need Dallas. to do is get a little hint of success, and everyone just comes along and yeah. the wave. We, they, you have a whole. Like I said, you have a whole generation of people who've never experienced that yet. Like the past thing about like social media kicking off the past like ten years. Like you yeah. did not get those vibes. From the Flyers, because like I said, 2016, 2018, those are quick outs where can we you, didn't really stand a chance. I mean, I know Twitter was around in 2010, but I don't think it was as prevalent as it is today. Like, imagine oh, that, not. a run. Imagine a run like that and the content that would get produced on Twitter. Oh, yeah. It would be the most we'd be having the most fun we've ever had in our entire lives. <laughs> <laughs> like I I'm like you guys are talking about playing at the at the Farg at the Farg. I'm getting legitimately goosebumps over here just thinking about the idea of how loud that stadium would be before a game and during the plus game. it would be like really good like our team's so young like to have those guys experience like okay fellas look at look around you this is what it could be year mm-hmm. after year after year you mm-hmm. just don't know that yet because you've never experienced it yeah i got a hot take and i don't know if it really is a hot take or not but a lot of people think the flyers can win around this year I, think, I so. think they can. I think they can win two rounds. Oh, I think, oh. Fuck. I think they I, have that sort of team and mentality. You think they got that dog in them. I do. I really do. And we like, keep I get, Nick Sealer. Yeah, I get bottom line. We don't have as much talent as some of these top end teams. But when it comes to hockey and the playoffs, if you have a team that can that is so close and so tight knit and can rally around each other the way that this team is. It's, it's almost impossible to beat. Like you don't need the talent as long as you have the mentality. And Torts has instilled that mentality into this team. And depending on who we draw, I guarantee you, like we're making the playoffs one hundred percent. Whoever we draw in the first round, they are legitimately going to be scared. And I think we are going to dog walk that first round. And it just matters who we face in that second round. Hopefully, not the Rangers. That would be my. Nightmare, oh god! But <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit right. uh, Yeah. Good lord. Well said, DG. Let's go to post game. Oh, was that not post game? <laughs> was that not post game? That was my segue rant into post game. Yes, segue rant into post game. So tonight, what well, game already started? But Kevin Hayes revenge game. What are your predictions? How many goals does Kevin Hayes score tonight? Zero. Zero okay. points. He's going to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> He'll definitely have a point. I don't. He'll definitely so. have a point. DG zero points. Coots one point. I think he gets one assist on a power play goal or something Johnny, like that. 
Kevin Hayes. I'd say no points for him, but I think Shen's going to get a good assist. They've been kind of hot. Not like hot, but they've been winning a little bit too, the Blues. Kyrou's been on, scores a goal. on one. Yeah. Uh, I know, all right. I know this. I was going to say ahead, real Dave. quick, the uh, the OV bet from last episode. Oh, fuck. Thank <laughs> you for reminding me. I completely spaced <sighs> my mind. So, <laughs> Coots. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. That night we made the bet. Ovechkin scored, right? Uh, so he, he, he had, scored he his eighth eight. goal. Yeah, he got his eighth goal. Guess how many goals he scored in two weeks since that get that game? But he's leading the team in points. So, I, dude, he's playing. He's not playing awful, though. <laughs> it does not matter how many points this idiot. He's been has. out the past you, few games. So you're getting. He's gotten for so for your answer since we made that bet and he scored that night and i was like slightly nervous like fuck ovechkin could just go off and get 20 goals in 10 games here there's still time no there's still time not a single goal there's, since then dude there's a not whole, one mo- he's got eight goals in 41 games dude, dude. See, it wasn't a lot of close games the goalie wasn't pulled. how February. do you expect him to score more goals yeah because the goalie wasn't pulled so he didn't have his opportunity <laughs> whole, there, there's ha- half of january all of february march and a little bit of April, a little, little t- tickle of April. So give him some time. Trust me, give dude. I, I, honestly, at this point, I don't even think he's getting the 20. Like, <laughs> it's that bad. Um, I'll turn the bet to 20. Got... He's playing, no, but he's absolutely like, not. I'm in I a good see, position. I watched some of his games. 25. He's making plays out there. How much, how plays. much is the bet for? 50 bucks. And I probably and won't even dude, accept he's it. He's had some chances. He's got it's robbed. like taking candy from a baby at this point. But DG, when uh, are you I gonna don't be going to be back because these guys have to uh, take us to a Flyers game. I know I'll be back. So let's make it a playoff that, game for the people that care. <laughs> yeah. So no, let's make it a playoff game because I actually called my dad the other day. He has season tickets. Oh, come on. I well, no, I, I called him. And I was like, hey, like expect me to come home for a Flyers playoff game. It's been way too long since I've been to one. I'm I'm coming home for the playoffs. I'm gonna get one to of get, those home games. Can you get as many tickets as possible. I'll pay half dollar. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be like two hundred bucks pop. But all right, that's fine. It's probably worth it, honestly. For where you sit. Yeah, center ice. All right, humble brag. Yeah, you don't have to say that. <laughs> also, also for <laughs> Jesus. No, nah, it's the also, opposite side of where I am. Oh, <laughs> For the for the Flyers game tonight against the Blues tonight is Braden Shen's nine hundredth career NHL game. Jesus, nine hundred time go, unreal, dude. That oh my god, unreal. Oh my, how god. old is he? Like thirty five, and he's a captain. No, he's like 30, yeah, he's the captain. Thirty one, maybe. He's a couple years younger than G. Thirty two. So yeah, thirty two sounds about right. <clears throat> Uh, along the lines of that Ovechkin thing, I'm not sure if you guys saw this or not, but I think Nasty Knuckles interviewed somebody and they interviewed a guy that basically refused to score empty net goals. And I <laughs> thought it was kind of funny when I saw that. It made me uh, think it, of yeah, Ovechkin. And was, I was like, yeah, meanwhile, you have Ovechkin. That dude salivates at the opportunity. Ruby, but he was, he was talking about bro, uh, fucking, what's bro. that guy's name? <laughs> Defenseman for the Capitals with the skullet. Ally Frady? Yeah, he was talking about Ally Frady. He doesn't shoot at empty nets. And he like dumped it in the corner and the coach like screamed at him. <laughs> he dumped it in the corner and there's an empty net. And he goes, I don't shoot at empty nets. <laughs> I love that mentality. Dude, Ovi is still a second all-time in goals, whether he has those or not. Yeah, exactly. He'll always be second all-time in goals, kids. He'll never be first. No, that's not <laughs> true. That's not true. <laughs> I'm I like 
I respect him. He doesn't move. He doesn't yeah, I respect I mean, his feet. I mean, Gretzky I said he's, he's second in point. He's first in points on the team still at 37. Like I said, I respect Ovechkin so much as a player and everything, but I'm going to actively shit on this guy and make fun of him until he breaks the record because it's just fun. <laughs> and I know it ups- I know it gets under Coot's skin when I talk about how awful Ovechkin is and how he's not an elite goal scorer. Oh, now he'll yeah, never that's break a, the that's record. So silly. That's just so silly, though. I mean, <laughs> to say he's not an elite goal scorer, that's just like... That's he's really good funny. at standing in one spot and not moving for half the game. He's really good at that. <laughs> Gee, come on, he's really man. good at not lifting his feet. <laughs> this uh, year, he's got 16 other years that I beg to differ. Yeah. <laughs> Any Anything else for post-game, boys? Oh, I met... Um, I was in an alumni suite. Oh, oh yeah, fuck. So, yeah, so first of all, I walk in. Um, I'm with my buddy and his dad, Doug Crossman, who played for the Flyers in the 80s. Had some pretty good stats. And um, first thing I do, we go downstairs. We're kind of near the locker rooms. I smelt the equipment. We were so close. And, <laughs> and I, turn the, I turn to the corner and fucking right away meet John LeClaire. Awesome. And I shook his hand. Sick. I'm you, like, okay. uh, you talked to him? <laughs> Yeah, I talked, dude. I was like, I was so like, because we weren't expecting to meet him. It just kind of we crossed paths. I was like, whoa, whoa, and Doug's like, oh, oh, hey, uh, hey, this is uh, John McClure. Uh, you know, so we introduced. But anyway, then we go upstairs. We go up to, upstairs to the bar, and um, we um, there's a table with uh, Dave Schultz, Jim Watson, nice. uh, Don Selesky. Uh, uh, Watch prop, your feet for uh, all these name drops. Sorry, sorry Hal and uh, Brad Marsh, and um, so he introduced them to the table. And I actually know Jim Watson. He was he was a coach of mine. I know uh, Jim Watson as well for like four to six years of my life. Awesome. And Jim's looking at me. He's like he's giving me the eyes. He's like <laughs> he's like pointing at me a little bit. He's like, I know you. And then so I tell him who I am, and he yeah. goes. Oh my God, Dalton! Don, you are a hell of a player. He's got, he's got this like high energy, like loud coach's yeah. voice. It's like, Bart, are you still playing? You should have went pro. I remember coaching you. Yeah, I remember. We'll give you, you a so spot good. with the team next week, dude. He was like, "You were so good. You were. So, I had to get on your ass a little bit, but you were so good." Dude, he says this in front of all these legends, dude. It was hilarious. And oh then later, and then later in the day. Um, I'm still at the bar, of course, you know, you know, pu- putting down a few cores. He comes back and I go, Jimmy, I still remember what you told me. And I go into this like power position with my, <laughs> with my hands out, like I'm holding the stick. I still remember Jimmy. And, and then he goes, Oh yeah, don't, you gotta get low. You gotta get low. <laughs> power position. Hold the core, hold the core. So me and him are doing this, like we're bending our knees and doing this power position at the bar with all these like legends around us. Oh, Dude, it was God. hilarious. Dude, it was, it was classic, man. I don't know how the hell like a guy like me gets into this. And um, it was funny. It was good. That's and the awesome, Flyers dude. won that game too. That's like best uh, case was, scenario for that. Dude, okay. it was perfect. It was so perfect. And I didn't look like too much of a nerd. I didn't wear like a Flyers jersey. I just had a Flyers hat on. So DG so, would have wore the jersey. If I had a jersey in there, I would have nah. felt real uncomfortable. I DG would have like... had a locket of TK. Locket TK. <laughs> yeah. No, wait, no. Can you imagine if like if, if Coots walked in wearing a jersey of like one of the guys that were like in the suite with him? Yeah, that would have like, been Why are you wearing my get jersey? Autograph. I'm so glad I didn't look like a super fan that day. Yeah. I should. I, <laughs> Were you freaking out on the inside, but playing it cool on the outside? 
Oh, I I always play it cool. I just try to be <laughs> okay. I I just try to be silly. You know what I mean, and make yeah, them laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, no, go for it. No, it's like well, Coots, that's pretty impressive. But in other but, news, John Leclerc followed me on Twitter. Whoa! Really oh, yeah, I forgot Randomly. about that. Whoa. That's a huge, huge poll. It must have been by accident. Had to be, dude. Had to be. I have no, no reason. Like he only follows. Maybe because, like maybe because he people. he wants his name to be Johnny Flyers. Well, I think he's Johnny Flyers. He's like, you I'm think down you're Johnny Flyers? I'm down. I'm down to negotiate. If he's, he's like, Here's I'm Johnny thing. Flyers. Well, one of the things that I noticed with the Cutter Godier fiasco is that pretty much all of our accounts have started to get so much more interaction in the past couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. I and dude. Johnny. And you specifically have had a lot of well put together thoughts about the Flyers, and I think Leclerc probably saw them. I was like, "Yeah, I, I agree with this kid. Like he's, he's uh, saying I've been on the a right roll. things." Yeah, and he followed you because he respected your opinion. I think, at least that's what I've noticed. Like, all, like all Z, I know you don't tweet that much, but the the rest of us, like everything we say, blows up right now because of what's happened. It's crazy. It could be like a little, like a little live tweet, like during Dude, the game. Just... Except, likes. except, except for when we tweet from the TMS account. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing. I could tweet the same thing I say, like on my account, like on the TMS account. It just won't stick for some Dude, reason. My shit people are popping off. People are right scared now. of the logo. My shit is really popping off right now. I think when flyers are good, this is great. I can say whatever I want and I'll get a hundred likes. You know, I can say the dumbest thing in the world and people will like it. We got to cut this, man. You're giving all the secrets away. Well, you also can't fucking tackle. Yeah, we got to. He's getting getting pissed at the Eagles now. Yeah. (laughs) The whole cutter hate has ended now. He's just getting pissed at the birds. All right. All right. Let's. let's You can't tackle, dude. You're not a real fan. Why aren't you watching? Well, I'm hoping by the time you guys listen that the Eagles had won. This game, so this is one depressing end to the episode. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. All right, all right. That wraps up this episode of Time on Skates. Please like, comment, and follow on Twitter and Instagram at Time on Skates Pod, and listen anywhere you get your podcast. Please rate and review on Apple and Spotify. I'm Z for DG, Johnny, and Coots. We'll see you guys next time.